Good morning. It is Angelina Pratt, your host and producer of Empathetic Witness. Before we get into the next episode, this is a warning. The content you will be listening to has violent sexual content. Initially, I decided I wouldn't air this episode because of the trauma it may cause someone to listen to it. Upon further reflection, I decided to give Macy Whiteknife the space to tell his story. Once you are prepared and there are no children in the room, please listen to this honest and raw interview. This is Angelina Pratt, producer and host of Empathetic Witness. Good morning. I have a unique guest today. It's been a little while. We have been attempting to do this interview, but I'm so excited for you to meet this person. And I think you will find this interview really entertaining. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. So I'm going to ask my guest to introduce him, herself, them, uh, please. Uh, good day, everyone. So my name is Matthew Whiteknife. Uh, I'm a two-spirit Indigenous uh, from the Fort Chippewan community, uh, Miksu Cree First Nation. Um, my second spirit is known as Isis Rain. He is an anti-bullying advocate and a recording artist, and also the uh, Canadian ambassador for the International Indigenous Music Collective. Uh, we're a star uh, of the reality award-winning show Queen of the Oil Patch. Um, yeah, and we're also uh, a power dancer. So Isis Rain dances as uh, the female category dress, which is the healing dance. And uh, very honored to be here. Well, thank you. I always am excited to to interview people from my community. And uh, I definitely watched some of your shows. On, I think, was it carried on APTN or CBC? Yeah. Yeah, so it aired on, uh, so it airs on uh, APTN. Uh, there's two seasons. I think mm-hmm. they're rerunning the second season right now. Mm-hmm. And it's also on, they also have a lot of webisodes, so extra footage. I think there's maybe 30 webisodes on YouTube. Wow. Okay. That sounds good. And at the end um, of our interview, in the show notes, I'll link to your show. So if people are interested in, you know, watching the series, they can click on it and it's accessible for them. So I think that would be really um, a good place to put it when we end. So how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm doing good. Um, you know, I think with uh, the whole pandemic, it affected a lot of us. And for myself, there was a lot of unknown uh, of what holds. Um, but I stay true to my faith and creator that uh, many blessings will come and that we'll all get through this. And so for myself, I have been working with my Get Ready program. Uh, it's an employment readiness program that I uh, train in First Nations to help uh, train 
First Nations in the community, get them prepared for employment. Um, we do a resume rating. We give them a brand new resume, new email. Um, we train them, uh, prep, prep them for how they will be interviewed for employment. Then we, we work with the oil sands to get them employment. So we want them to not only survive, but to thrive. Mm. So I've been focusing on that. Yeah. Well, that's that sounds really like a purposeful job, you know, like I, and I think as you were talking about, you know, like the get, get ready program, I was thinking maybe when, I mean, I would believe that most people know what two spirit is, but Mm -hmm. maybe let's do a little intro into what it is and, and what people should know about two spirited people. Okay. Yeah, so I have some notes. Um, so the concept of two spirits, uh, the term and identity of the two spirits does not make sense unless it is contextualized within an indigenous. So two spirit with a traditional setting was a gender analysis and not a sexual orientation. Today, most people associate the term two spirit with LGBT indigenous. However, the work of the two spirit organizations today is more aligned with traditional ways. So I think like, you know, the people when they hear the word two spirits, um, indigenous and non-indigenous people, they think right away, oh, well, that's a native that's gay, uh, just to be blunt. Mm -hmm. Um, But history and um, the facts are, is that a two spirit was actually uh, very sacred in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Thousands of years, the tribes would have a two-spirit person sit alongside the chief and would be an advisor. Uh, they would also be a firekeeper, a warrior. Uh, they were medicine men. They were also uh, taken on roles for um, uh, baby ceremony, uh, naming ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also gifted by creator for, the, for abilities, uh, healing, yes. um, which today people kind of, look at as maybe Reiki, um, healing with the hands. Um, For myself, uh, being a seer, so seeing past, present. Um, So yeah, so a two-spirit, a traditional two-spirit is one of a sacred um, holding. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I believe for myself that I am a traditional So there are, um, like we can't fault um, the LGBT community for, you know, using the term two-spirit. Because our the, the mandate of colonialism happened was that the thing that they were to do was that they wanted to kill the two spirit culture um, mm-hmm. because it was a direct conflict with Christianity. If they they when they came over and saw a man, um, an indigenous man, dressed as a female, like in women's regalia, mm-hmm. they in Burdash. And so Burdash was an, uh, an Arabic uh, meaning for uh, kept boy because um, colonizers, they thought that a man who dressed as a woman or had femininity, they were um, kept boys. Um, so they, when they came over, they thought, oh, well, this must be somebody that's a kept boy. Mm. So called them Burdash. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until that was uh, from 14, 1492 the 1990s, they labeled indigenous 
that were two spirit, they labeled them Burdash. Mm. But in 1990, um, in Manitoba, we renamed that term to two spirit. And then we've kept the name two spirit since then. Okay. Wow. That's, mm. that's really powerful because I mean, with everything the colonizers took from indigenous peoples to reclaim the identity of and rename to spirit. Do you feel that it's empowering? Um, yeah, actually, because for one, I, it's so derogatory for them to think that a, a feminine indigenous person would be a slave boy, a kept boy, somebody that a male would, you know, uh, use for their sexual pleasure and desires. Yeah. And so that kind of name was what they were using, right? It's like, there's a Verdash. And I'm mm. like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be looked at, uh, you know, Europeans as a kept boy, mm. you know, when yeah. I was actually, or my like culture, a true spirited person was actually sacred and very gifted. Yes. And on, in the, at a higher status where they're putting us at the lowest status possible as like a slave boy, like a kept yes. boy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is very empowering. Um, is there a difference between like LGBT and two spirit? Like a, um, like a today an LGBT two spirit would be somebody that says, okay, that's a native person and they're gay, or they're a drag queen, or so that's a two spirit. Now, is there a difference between that and a traditional two spirit? And so for me, I, yes, the answer is both. Um, there is a difference. Thousands of years ago. Our, our indigenous people saw a two-spirit as gifted peoples in their tribe, and grandmother would take them under care and teach them. Uh, they were considered blessed by creator and were fire keepers, which was a direct way to speak to creator. Uh, they were seers, healers, embracing both male and female spirits. See, now in today's LGBT groups embrace the term two-spirit for an indigenous person who identifies as gay. The reason we can't fault today's indigenous LGBT people for not knowing the proper roles spirit is because the first thing the church directed was to kill the two-spirit role as it was a direct conflict with Christianity. Today, even our own people don't know the culture of a two-spirit. That was history and then made it law to kill the Indian and the child and insert their Christian model upon us. So yes, there is a big difference being an Indigenous LGBT and a Two-Spirit, but because the LGBT embraced the Two-Spirit people, we now accept the definition of a Two-Spirit as being an LGBT um, Indigenous person. Uh, so what we need to do is regain our culture and teach today's youth and our people of Turtle Island just how gifted and divine a Two-Spirit person is. Yeah, that is really good information because it does, you know, like as somebody is listening to this, they probably already have a preconceived idea of, you know, the uh, and not a clear distinction of what true two-spirited uh, person means culturally and what it means in contemporary society today. You know, what, how are the two-spirited um, indigenous peoples today integrated into the society? Do they continue to have those roles, you know, the roles of advisor, 
the roles of mentorship, the roles of um, bringing the community some understanding of who they are. And, and for you in particular in, in the Fort McMurray area, I mean, since that's where I'm from, I know the people can be uh, accepting. I think the people in Fort Chip, by and large, are really accepting people. They're, they're inclusive. And uh, when you go back home, how do you feel and how do you, um, are you received by, by the um, local people in, in Fort Chippewan? Um, and you're also kind of a celebrity, right? So, you know, like, how does that all jive? So um, I think like, you know, um, for, I don't, I mean, for the celebrity status, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I'm, I, I have a uh, indigenous celebrity, um, which I'm very honored and um, I take very, uh, very seriously. And I try to be a role model for my people wherever I go. And um, yeah, Fortship is very accepting. Um, I've had very uh, enlightening conversations with um, my chief and counselors and the community is very accepting. Also, uh, Fort Mackay, First Nations, um, that's where I spent the last uh, 25 years uh, living in that First Nation, mm. and uh, they have been very supportive. Mm. Fort McMurray, when I was younger growing up, it was hard. Um, there was, I mean, when I was 18 years old, they, I think I was the first uh, person to come out mm. in, in Fort McMurray, yep. because Fort McMurray was a very redneck town, it was mm. very uh, oil sands you know, driven. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do a bit uh, honored that I was a trailblazer and that I, I paved the way for a lot of um, people now to come out uh, First Nations or LGBT. And McMurray has now embraced that. They have uh, pride events um, every year. Yes. And they've also have like a, a rainbow sidewalk. Yeah. So th- we've come a long way. Um, and I think, you know, it's also, it's also amazing living in Canada that it, it's so diverse. So we yes. have very, uh, a very beautiful multicultural society. Mm. So um, I'm just hoping my, my work that I do now is that I'm just trying to teach uh, more about the traditional two-spirit role mm. so that not only the, the LGBTQ community embraces but that our our people, our First Nations people across Turtle Island, will also uh, regain, learn, and educate, um, mm. and embrace the Two Spirit culture back. So that right. uh, Two Spirit people are are blessed by Creator. Right. Yeah. I mean, Fort McMurray. I mean, being an industry <laughs> town, right? And all those, you know, macho men mm-hmm. out there, right? With and a lot of them are. Yeah. Uh, they're not from Fort McMurray, so you get a lot of the men from all across Canada. But the industry itself is very macho, right? Yeah. And so you get some. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, um, it's a very macho town, um, you know, themselves on, you know, big trucks and, uh, you know, uh, go big or go home, you know, uh, work hard, play hard, um, which is fine. I mean, I grew up in the regional municipality, Wood Buffalo, growing up in Fort McMurray. Um, it, um, I've also, I think, 
built that lifestyle within myself as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had the big trucks and the big home and I worked very hard and mm. very hard as well. Um, yeah. But um, you're right, though, there was there is it is very transient. Uh, there are a lot of people that are not local to Fort McMurray. Right. Um, actually, locals would graduate high school or and then they would go off to college at like the U of A or, you know, other universities. Mm. And so it was very rare to find in Fort McMurray. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, when I meet people and they're like, oh, um, you're from here? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was very weird that way that it's like um, uh, a lot of, a lot of transient people come. They come for work and then they go home to where they, wherever they live. And you're right live their life out there so yeah yeah so I guess you know it's an eye-opener for them as well when they first come to Fort McMurray um, I just have to say though that this has been so good to me um, mm. we've together have grown and um, you know I always love going back to Fort McMurray and back to Fort Chip uh, mm. uh, yeah yeah well yeah that's the um, I mean when I think about you know, when I think about your story and as, as I was watching some of the episodes, the TV show, I, what came across for me always is how brave you are. Because even as a trailblazer, you have to have some bravery, you know, like to, to step outside. And it's a risk, you know, to step outside the norm and say, it, it this is. Is, yeah, so this is who I am and you accept me or you don't. You know, right? So it's a brave thing to do. And, yeah. Um, and thank the, you. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about what helped you become brave. Like, how how did you know? How was it that you you were so brave that you came out in a redneck town? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I was years old. Um, when I had ran away from home uh, because I was, I was, uh, you know, my, my father wasn't the kindest person and uh, it was very hard for me. And I remember being homeless and in Fort McMurray um, and I was on my friend. Um, I guess I should let you know a little bit or your audience know. So when I was a child, I was sexually molested since I was four years old um, from a person in the community. And then when I was nine years old, um, that raped me. And uh, when I was 14, I left the community and I went to Edmonton and um, taken by four men and a woman. And I was gang raped and left on the side of the dip. Um, to die and uh, I thought that then and there I was going to be a murder statistic mm. but thankfully I survived and so I'm one of the few survivors of MMYW so when I was 16 and I was in Fort McMurray I was homeless and uh, my friend let me stay on his couch and I remember looking at the wall and I told creator I said you know if you want me to continue going uh, through life, um, you know, being bullied and mistreated and abused and beat up. Um, I'll gladly do the rest of my life as long as you 
who don't let any other child or person go through what I went through. Mm. I'll gladly do that. I said, but if you want me to fight back, um, give me a sign. Mm. Give me a sign. And, um, and I remember waking up and, uh, and uh, I called a union and I got a job that I never should have got. I absolutely never should have got that job. I, my number was way too high. And, uh, and I said, yeah, you got the job. You start work next week. Get, make sure you got your uh, safety boot. And I, I just started crying. I didn't, I didn't have any safety boots. Friend lent me uh, 99 bucks, and I bought myself a pair of steel toe boots, and I went to work in the oil sands. And um, I was just a kid, you know, mm. janitorial. I get up, I catch the bus um, at uh, 4 p.m., and then I would work to, uh, till uh, one in the morning. I would get on a on a bus to go to crude oil sands uh, refinery, and um, and I, I took that as the sign to say, you know what? I cannot be a victim anymore. Mm. And I cannot just sit by and be idle and not stand up for myself. Because if I don't, who is, right? And this yeah. was my sign. Yes. And so, and so um, I worked a couple of years doing that. Um, I saved up money. And I started my own business. Uh, and um, and I, cre- I felt... I had always had Isis rain, my second spirit in me. Mm. So when I was 18, I dressed Isis rain as I dressed up as a female in drag and I went to Edmonton and I went to a bar and, um, you know, I just felt like I just felt so comfortable in that skin as well. Mm. And so I kind of made a pact saying, you know, man, if, uh, if I could take on some of Isis rain's traits as like, you know, uh, aggressive dominant uh sexy uh mm. take no shit attitude <laughs> um, then i then i could you know be successful in my business because yes. my business was struggling yeah um, and so that's what i did I, I i started to stand up for myself and i started to like you said i started to be brave um mm. one thing that i kept telling myself is that, uh, like you know i felt isis rain was telling me it's like nasty only you get up in the morning and put on your shoes. And what you do in that day is up to you. It's your choice. Mm. Uh, nobody can take that away from you. Mm. And uh, you may not like some of the things that you have to do, um, but it's still your, your shoes. It's your path. And, mm. uh, and then so ever since then, I've always made sure that I follow my path and my road. And, right. uh, if it's gravel or paved or <laughs> it's a little trail, yeah. um, it's, it's mine. Yeah, and, uh, and that's what I try to to tell everyone else is that, you know, some people have a job or their mm-hmm. career. They may not yeah. uh, like the relationship that they're in, or if yeah. they're in an abusive uh, household. Um, you put on your shoes, you know, and yeah. you get up and it's a good fight every day. Right. Wow. That I, you know, before we go on, I want to just say your story. You know, they. I don't think you you ever told me the story, your initial story of the abuse and the hardship and the bullying that, you know, I saw a little bit of it on TV, but I haven't, I didn't hear it from you. Like I heard just now. And I, and it really, really touches me like what you went through, because I often, I do work in trauma. So 
you know, the trauma that you experienced is significant. It's significant. And like you said, you know, you're in the area of, of um, missing and murdered Indigenous women and men. And you could have been one of the lost people that we lose in that area. And, and I know people have a suspicion that, you know, because the town is so transient that, you know, that some of the people that have disappeared are probably from people that um, worked in, in the mines, you know, so you're, and I'm, you know, we're talking together right now and I am so grateful you survived that. I am so grateful that you're sitting here talking with me and it really makes a big difference. I mean, I think people that listen to this, this podcast will feel the connection. Like you could have been one of the thousands of missing and murdered people in across Canada. And often we don't talk about that. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, we just had the the red dress day, mm. and you know, and um, I posted a picture of myself in my red regalia because I my regalia for my jingle dress is in honor of murdered missing indigenous all across Turtle Island. But I I had posted and shared on social media. I said, don't just wear a red dress, you know, mm. don't just hang a red dress on your door and then just mm. let the day get active, make mm. a difference, you know. Um, read the truth and reconciliation, uh, you know, um, learn yourselves. Um, so for me, like, I have a partnership with the Safer Communities Initiative, and they've developed an app where um, it, uh, vulnerable teens that are Indigenous on reserves that go to parties and walk home in the mm-hmm. middle of or they hitchhike, yeah. or um, are women that are in uh, the sex trade you know, they can download this app, it's free, and Mm -hmm. the app will track you, and it'll call you every 20 minutes, and if you don't check in, it'll call the RCMP, and it'll pinpoint the last location of your phone. Oh my goodness. These are some of, these are some of the things that on Red, Red Dress Day, we should be sharing with everybody across the world. Yeah. Are these, these tips and, and these things on how to save your sister or how mm. to save your mother mm. save yourself you yeah know? um don't just wear a red dress because it's what everyone's doing on social media mm. get active and make a difference yeah well that is really I, great I, i'm one of the i'm one of the few survivors yeah you know like uh, people here of mmiw are they are they see someone speak a facilitator you know going into the they they weren't affected by it. Yeah. Um, you know, they go and they share resources and stuff, but um, but you know, and we'll never know about those women and, and those transgendered and those men that were murdered because they aren't here to share their story. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, that's so for me being a survivor, I I share my bravely mm-hmm. because I'm the voice mm. for the voiceless. Yes, I, I survived. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it's hard sometimes, but um, you know, I just believe. But Creator, like Creator, made it so that I actually fought back that night with all my might. Yeah, and uh, and I, I, I was, I bled, you know, 
Like mm-hmm. I was wearing white jeans that night and I, I my, my, my full of blood and, and I crawled out of that ditch and I, I walked to the nearest 7-Eleven mm. and I asked them to call me a cab mm. because I was only 14. Right. And they, they wanted me to go to um, the police and I begged them. I said, no, please. I said, I don't want my mom to find out. Mm. And I, I hid that, you know, I snuck back in to the room and I, um, I took a bath and I watched the water turn red. Oh. And it was from from my blood, and yeah. I uh, and I went to bed, and I never talked about it. I pretended the next day that it that it nothing happened because I blamed myself. Right. And 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 it's just like um, like when I was abused and as a child, when mm. when that guy led me into the bush, bent me over a tree, mm. I blamed myself. Um, and you know what? A lot of people do. Yes. You know, that, yeah. that are in in abuse, even in abuse relationships. The women they blame themselves for being hit. And yeah. um I just what you know, when you talk about bravery, I just think about like, you know, the courage. And I think I I just think for me I don't have a choice. I, mm. have, to I have to share because uh there's too many of my people that are dealing with intergenerational trauma grief and loss and they don't know how to deal with it exactly and so they turn to addiction Mm. they turn to suicide Mm. Um, they don't you know they don't champion each other right and and i I just try to help them and i try to help as best as i can but i'm just one person yes but i think you're doing you do i mean even just agreeing to do this podcast is going to get the word out. I mean, I didn't know about the app that you just talked about, you know, and I, because every time I see, you know, um, people, you know, talking about the red dress, meeting and marching on, you know, for Indigenous, murdered and Indigenous women and men, I I didn't know about this other information. This app is a life-saving app. You know, it truly is. It's yeah. really, you know, like a lot of people don't know about it. And yeah. so that's why I had contacted them and said, I would love to partner with you and I would love to take this information and share it wherever I go. So mm-hmm. whenever I speak or perform across mm-hmm. Canada or, or the US, yeah, I always make sure to, to let about this app. Um, it's uh, safercommunities.ca. Yeah. And people can go there and um, they can download the app and sign up. And, um, and it is a lifesaver. And um, I just hope that uh, more people uh, use it because it's 24 access. And, uh, you know, and there, I have a friend who lost her sister. She actually left a party. Um, I guess some girls there were her. And so she left the party drunk in the winter and walked home. And Mm. she didn't make it home, but because she was drunk, she didn't know that she was getting hyper hyper and she was texting on her way home and then her phone stopped texting and they lost her for they lost her for a week and nobody knew where she was and uh, so they put the signs up all over and uh, they found her I think two weeks later uh, Mm. she was frozen see if she would have had that app and if she would have when they when the app contacts you and you don't yeah then the app calls the police and gives you the location 
maybe they could have saved her. Yes. Yeah. And I wonder, do the police, have you talked or given presentation to the RCMP about this, like in the Fort McMurray area or any area? Like, do they know about it? In uh, me personally? Yeah. No, me personally, no, I have never done any work with uh, the RCMP. Um, I've, I, I now uh, moved after the pandemic. I uh, sold my, my homes all over. I moved to Wetaskiwin. So I live in Wetaskiwin now, oh. uh, just uh, an hour outside of Fort McMurray. Yep. And uh, it's closer to be with my mom and uh, her grandchildren. Yep. And so uh, um, I, I travel all over, though. Yeah. Yeah, it might be an amazing government. Yeah, I think it I mean definitely we'll will um post the app in the show notes so people can immediately download it. I mean summer's coming up, graduation and proms are happening. People are going to be out partying, you know. So you know, it would be good to encourage people immediately to get this app, get it installed on your phone. Everybody has a, a phone and it's the safest way to ensure you're somebody's looking out for you, you know, because that's, you know, some of the young people out there, they don't know someone cares for them, right? Until they're missing. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. You know, there's, there's so many variables, I think, um, you know, with murdered, missing, and I believe that you know that there is um, three options or three things that are going on. Is one, it's uh, you know, murders are happening by domestic violence. Yeah. Um, maybe there is a possible serial killers or people that do prey on Indigenous because of uh, the class that they find us in. Um, yeah. You know. Um, also that um, the the women or the men are being taken and trafficked. Yeah. Because we're a vulnerable minority, you know, go to a, outside of First Nations that is struggling financially. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, we don't have the resources to, like, you know, like, I'll be blunt, like, you know, one little white girl that goes missing and runs, and they pull an Amber Alert. Yep. But a five-year-old Native boy goes missing, and then the police look at the mother. They look at the family. You know, they yeah. question before they put out any yeah. or alert. And mm. that kid could be already across the world somewhere. Yeah. And and you know that's and that's that, those are just facts. And so the only difference and change that we're going to make is when the government, the RCMP, the police actually start to treat Indigenous people. And our lives just as important as the white people. Mm. And I'm just being honest. Yes, I know. I I, I totally agree with you. Um, there is seems to be a different standard. I know. Just uh, last week, I got an Amber Alert on my phone for somebody that was taken in Quebec. You know, at 3 a.m. Right. So it doesn't matter what time. Yeah. You get these Amber Alerts if it's non-Indigenous person, you know, and you get yeah. it on your phone. Yeah, no, and for sure. And you know what? Some um, And this happens all the time in, in, in our First Nation communities and on the reserves, you know, like uh, the, the father gets in, in the, the girl, you know, the, the husband takes the kid to the grandmother's place. Yeah. Well, that still is a child abandonment. 
Yeah. You know, the mother doesn't know where her where he took the child. He could yeah. have left the, the reserve and Amber Alert for that. No, you know there isn't. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I know there is there is such a disparity with with the care that's given to indigenous peoples. And you're right, it is yeah, it's not only a racial issue, but it's a class issue, right? It's because of the poverty, it's because of yeah. the um I guess just not enough importance is attached to indigenous life. Yeah. And that's the reality. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. Pretty pretty um heavy conversation we're having. <laughs> but it's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it is. It is it is necessary to go to those dark places. Um, because when we actually bring light to the dark, then we can actually, you know, see what we need to make as mm. a change. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, today I'm I'm grateful to be mm. alive. You know, I bless I thank Creator for um that I have the food in my belly, the air that I breathe. Um so yeah, on a good note, um, you know, Pride Month is coming and this is where I think we as indigenous and as uh, the LGBT community, we can, um, we can be proud of who we are. Mm. Um, and, and I just tell everybody, don't, don't feel ashamed of who you are, right? Embrace yeah. who you are. Yeah. And, uh, and don't just survive in life. Thrive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the name of the game is to thrive, to, yeah. You know, take what you're given and turn it around to empower yourself so that you make it, you make yeah. the most out of your life, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just want to tell your audience, you know, like, um, it's not all doom. Indigenous. I mean, there are so many successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, um, recording artists, artists, um, you know, Buffy St. Marie, uh, like, you know, Tantu Cardinal, like, mm. um you know, Georgina Lightning, director. Um, you know, there's so many amazing fashion designers. And yeah. so we have such a beautiful culture. And uh, and I encourage all of the non-Indigenous to, to, uh, to like take an Indigenous awareness course. Um, yes. And just uh, look at all the beauty that we also have. Mm. My goodness, we created civilizations. <laughs> <laughs> We saved a lot of people's <laughs> lives. They would have died. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm very proud to be Indigenous. Yeah, it comes across. Like, I do get that you are. Uh, I mean, and you're such a great role model, I think, for Indigenous um, young men and women. And just looking at taking what what was given to you and making it available to other people but just I mean just your show in itself the ones that I did watch was actually really inspiring because you were out there you know you put yourself out there you're you're a model and you were able to get the um, APTN interested enough to create a series around you now that's a success right 
And yeah, I actually, yeah, I had never thought of it before. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I guess yeah. not every day everyone gets their own reality show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could start another one, kind of like flip it around as survival, right? I mean, you have these reality shows about survival and um, out there, Big Brother, you know, but you could. Yeah really do something with what you currently have yeah. to, to expand upon it. Like who knows what next season will be. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're lucky that, I yeah. mean, it, yeah, it, I, I always, when I, when I finish talking or speaking or performing or, you know, or training and I always just say, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, what, what is Macy going to be up to next? Yeah. No, this yeah. is, this is really exciting. I mean, similar with the last podcast I just recorded, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and one of the things she said was even as an indigenous person, she wasn't taught about indigenous history in school. And you know, so, and she's talks a lot about reconciliation and how do you get there? And I, I was really interested in that aspect of it because reconciliation can go with anything. Like even the topic we're talking about this today about, you know, um, two spirited is, is really, how do you reconcile, get the, the uh, you know the main society on board and understanding you know we began the conversation on the cultural importance of two spirited and they held prominent places in the community and so and then it it became you know it started in indigenous communities it was prom a position and prominently prominently held. And then it became more of a, um, uh, it got denigrated, right? Yeah, it became, uh, you know, a, a, gay, a gay term. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of, uh, so how do you feel pride in that, right? So you kind of look at the, you said there's pride month. So you, it's almost a misnomer when the terminology they're using is denigrating. Yes, and and yes, I'm glad that you brought that up because, I mean, for for me, I can use uh, the Gay Pride Month to further my mission to like educate people about the uh, the real authenticity of a traditional two spirit person. Yeah. But I uh, uh, the one point I wanted to make was is that you're so right. Is that like you know um, when colonizers came, you know they uh, I guess like the reservation time they took. Um, they put us, they took our lands and put us in, in reservations and they enforced the Christianity uh, mm. upon us. Yep. And there is when they killed the two-spirit culture. They, they instructed the chief of the tribes, don't break the two-spirit. That two-spirit person is a kept boy. Mm. You know, they're, yeah. com they're committing sodomy, you know, mm. like you, so they started to like uh, degrade yeah. two-spirited people. And uh, they would they would um, they would scheme um, like fur traders would you know uh, scam us on our fur pelts. Mm. You know they would they would make beaver pelts. You'd have to 
paper belts and stack them up as high as one rifle in order to trade for one rifle when right. our furs were so precious. Yeah. But they yeah. knew that. But they knew how to take advantage of of us. They call mm. savages. Mm. So um so the first thing they did was they 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 wanted to degrade the two spirit role in because they knew how powerful it was. Yes. So now now even today there are some chief and councils in First Nations that they don't uh, recognize two-spirited people. Powwows don't recognize two-spirited pet people. They say, no, if you're a man, you've got to dance in the male category. Um, if you're a female, you dance in the female category. So we have a long way to go. We're not there yet, mm. but uh, but we're getting there. Mm. I mean, um, this July uh, 15th, I'm, I'm, I'm dancing at Onion Lake Powwow, and uh, they're actually having us... Uh, an honor, uh, a special honor for the two-spirited people, and I'm, I'm, I'm honored enough to lead in that dance, uh, mm. to lead in all the other two-spirited people into that ceremony. So, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of nations that are are making uh, forward uh, movements to embrace the two-spirit culture back. Yes, uh, that's going to be exciting because I mean, before you said, you know, July fifth. 15th you're going to be leading the two-spirit person in the um, powwow I thought oh well that's another area for you to trailblaze <laughs> and you're already doing it before I even <laughs> mentioned it <laughs> so that's cool that's yeah re that's really yeah, cool thank you well okay so we're um almost up to an hour what I'd like to end with is Anything else you wanted to say but didn't say, and also any positive words that you want to leave us with, and um, I will uh, give you the time to to you know conclude what you what you need to say. Use this platform right now; <laughs> it's yours, you know. Just say what you need to say, and it'll get transmitted out to everybody on Turtle Island. Okay. So yeah, no, I just wanted to say thank you um, to thank you to you for having me on your uh, podcast, and and thank you to all the audience. That um, I'm just hoping that you were enlightened uh, by my sharing, and uh, that you have something to take away from this moment, and uh, you know. If there's something positive that I could say is that um, at, at night when you go to bed, your head on your pillow, ask yourself, did you try your best in just that day? And, uh, and can you lay your head down in peace? Um, mm. that, is, that, is what you, that is what you can know at day, that um, the creator was with you and that... Uh, he guided you to a fulfilling day because we don't have, uh, there's nothing that we can control about our past and there's nothing that we can control about our future. But mm. what we can control is our today. Mm. And, uh, and that's, that's the thing that I think we sometimes focus on. Uh, right. We always want, you know, with social media nowadays, we always want to have, uh, a big following, or we want to have a fancy car, we want to be famous, or we want to have money or celebrity. 
Mm. We can't control any of that stuff because that's all in the future. But what we can control today is that did you feed yourself? Did you have water? Mm. Exercise? Did you clothe yourself? Mm. Did you give thanks? You know, did you take care of your grandmother or your mother or your family? Um, And those are the things that you should take pride in. Yeah, I hear you. And yeah, and other than that, I say thank you. And I hope to chat with you again very soon. (laughs) I would definitely love to do that. And maybe after your, after the powwow, because I would like to, I mean, take some pictures. I would like to see you and your, your regalia, other people accepting you as who you are. And, uh, Definitely, you know, I really am so proud of you and what you're doing. You are a brave person. And uh, so how do you like to be referred to? What pronouns do you use? So as Matthew, as a male, I'm he, like he and him. And then when I'm dressed up and I'm as Isis Rain, then it's she and her. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I always like to know. So I can, you know, refer to people as the right way they want to be referred to. And uh, you're lucky you got two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Trouble. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. And I will. Thank you. you. I will give you once it's edited and um, loaded, I will send you a link. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye.